podcast provides our listeners with an opportunity to learn more about the Mount, our alumni, and how we live significantly. We're very excited for what is coming up next for Live Significantly and can't wait to offer you an inside look into the Mount. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce President Tim Trainer. Hello, and welcome to the Mount St. Mary's University podcast, Live Significantly. This is Tim Trainer, and I'm very pleased to serve as the president of Mount St. Mary's University. On this episode, it is my pleasure to welcome a very special guest, the Archbishop of Baltimore, William Laurie. Welcome, Archbishop Laurie, and thank you for joining us. And nice to be with you today, Tim. Thank you, sir. It is a true pleasure to share that Archbishop Laurie is a graduate of the Mount St. Mary's University Seminary, class of 1977, and a current member of the Mount's Board of Trustees. He also serves as Chancellor and Chairman of the Board of St. Mary's Seminary and University in Baltimore, Chancellor of the Mount St. Mary's Seminary, and past Chairman of the Board of Trustees of the Catholic University of America, just to name a few. Sir, can you tell us a bit more about your education and your journey to becoming an Archbishop? Well, sure, I'd be glad to, uh, Tim. First of all, I want to say how grateful I am for the seminary formation I received uh, at the Mount. Uh, I I went to the Mount in uh, 1973. At the time, Father Flynn, later Archbishop Flynn, was the rector. He was a tremendous uh, role model as, as a priest, as a leader of the seminary and as a human being. Um, I made lifelong friends at the Mount and I received a really good uh, priestly formation, a really fine intellectual formation that has helped me all the way through. Um, After seminary, I got a doctorate at Catholic University and found that uh, my theological education was on a par, if not even a little better than many of my uh, doctoral classmates. Um, after um, I, uh, I finished my doctorate, uh, Cardinal Hickey invited me as a newly ordained priest if I would uh, serve as his priest secretary and his theological advisor. And I worked uh, for Cardinal Hickey for, oh gosh, one way or another for about 18 years. What a mentor he was for me. And it was he who um, saw to it that I became uh, Auxiliary Bishop of uh, Washington uh, for six years. And then uh, uh, had a lot to do, I'm sure, with my appointment uh, to the Diocese of Bridgeport in Connecticut, where I served as Bishop for 11 years. And now happily, these last nine years in Baltimore. And I'm proud to be uh, the first alumnus uh, to be Archbishop of Baltimore, and I hope there will be more after me. And so do I. Thank you, uh, Archbishop. When you learned you would be attending seminary at the Mount, do you recall how that made you feel, and what did you know about the Mount before your arrival? Uh, I was really very happy to uh, be assigned to um, un- to do priestly formation at, at the Mount. What I knew about the Mount um, was that it was very historic. Um, the rector, Father Flynn, had a great reputation among seminarians. I knew there was a great spirit in the seminary. 
uh, I knew that it was a crowded seminary. Um, and, um, I knew some of, uh, the seminarians who had been in minor seminary with me, uh, previously. Um, but it wasn't until I got to the Mount that I really realized what a, a special place it was. I think the first day, um, Father Minocchio and Father Flynn took us up to the grotto and uh, we were praying there and it just began to dawn on me. This really is a very special place and that perception only grew. And, and uh, of course, we the Mount Seminary and uh, uh, Grotto are still very special places. And uh, you mentioned before, you mentioned Cardinal Hickey. I, I, I assume he's a, you considered him a, a mentor um, mm-hmm. that motivated you. How, how did that relationship with him uh, shape your uh, leadership style? Um, well, I had a front row seat. I always say I got the 18-year tutorial. The Cardinal was a great um, combination, a great balance uh, between someone who was um, a really good person, a a person of great integrity. Um, One, we might say, uh, a person who was deeply ethical. Um, The Cardinal was a man of prayer. I saw it firsthand every single day. Uh, The Cardinal was a pastoral. I saw him in so many situations, um, not just repeating what the church believes and teaches, but being wise and loving and, you know, walking with people, helping people along. But I also saw a person who was firm and decisive and a good administrator. And sometimes you see one or the other of these qualities in the person, but rarely do you see them all integrated into uh, a single individual. And I saw that in the Cardinal. And, and since I was with him so long, I also saw him mellow and I also saw him uh, become uh, wiser as, as time went on. So, he has a big impact on me to this day. Sometimes I'll be facing a situation uh, and out of the blue, I'll think of something that the Cardinal Satter did years and years ago that I had forgotten and it will come back to me pretty vividly and I'll kind of look up and say to, to the Cardinal, thanks boss, you gave me a good nudge. Um, he's still very much my mentor. Um, it does sound a very special relationship you had with Cardinal Hickey and also the profound influence he had on you today. Um, yeah. What do you think connection, what would you uh, point out as connecting you most to the Mount uh, now? And was there any part of the experience at the Mount that you've carried with you throughout your life that has motivated you, motivated you in any particular way? Yeah, I, uh, the Mount has had a tremendous uh, impact on me. I mean, the Mount is where I really learned to get serious about prayer. It's one of the beautiful things about the seminary. At a time when personal prayer um, in the course of the day 
had fallen a little bit out of favor, you'd go into chapel and you would know that Father Flynn spent an hour before the Blessed Sacrament. You knew Father Minocchio did the same thing. You would see faculty members in there um, all the time. So they didn't just tell us we should pray. You saw the example of that. And that really is foundational. I always say to any young priest that's starting out, um, you got to transfer the prayer life you learned at the seminary into the rough and tumble of your life as a parish priest and, and in mine as a bishop. And that means getting up early and starting your day with that all-important quiet prayer time uh, before the Blessed Sacrament. I think that was a huge lesson I learned from the Mount. I also learned much more profoundly when I was there the value of friendship. Um, I had made many very good friends at, at the Mount. And I would also say that um, the seminary, there were a number of seminary professors. Um, Monsignor Satterfield, who was a Baltimore priest, Father Thomas Carroll, who was a priest from Armagh, and a number of other ones really kind of opened my eyes theologically to a kind of theology that is neither conservative nor liberal, but profoundly beautiful and um, introduced me to people who have been um, theological lights for me, such as Hans Urs von Balthasar, um, Father Louis Bouillet, who, who actually taught at the Mount for a time. I, I met him at the Mount. Uh, Henri de Lubac, uh, Jean Danilou, and, and others. So I owe a lot uh, to the Mount, and um, I'm, I'll be forever grateful. And this, Tim, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Well, thank you for sh- uh, sharing those uh, profound thoughts, Archbishop Lori. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. How do you want to be remembered? Please consider including Mount St. Mary's in your will or state plan. Remembering the Mount in your plan is easy, qualifies you for membership in our 1808 Society, and will provide opportunities for future students to call the Mount their home. For more information, visit our website at msmary.edu. Welcome back, everyone. Archbishop, you've done countless things for the community and the Catholic Church. The Archdiocese of Baltimore Catholic Schools enroll over 25,000 students. There are currently 45 elementary and middle schools and 19 high schools spread throughout the Archdiocese. You were also elected Supreme Chaplain of the Knights of Columbus. In 2012, you were named the 16th Archbishop of Baltimore, and you've been vocal about issues that concern our society. What has motivated you to do so much for so many faithful Catholics? Um, You know, uh, life sort of unfolds gradually. Uh, When I left the Mount as a newly ordained priest with... uh, with fervor and a desire to serve the church, I had no idea what 
what the path would be. In fact, uh, the thought was I would come back to the Mount and be a seminary professor to teach sacramental theology. I was looking forward to a quiet, scholarly life. I was really happy about this and would be happy to do this still. But the Lord had other plans, and um, it seemed to me that as as I went down the road, various um, both opportunities and needs were were presented to me. For example, uh, when I was Bishop of Bridgeport, um, the Supreme Knight Carl Anderson uh, called me up and ask if I would suggest three names who could be Supreme Chaplain, three bishops. I worked diligently and gave him my three best names. And then he said, um, well, what about you? (laughs) And I said, "Uh, that was kind of an offer I couldn't refuse. What a grace it's been. Uh, I've often found that, that yes, you 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 give, you expend your energy, you try to do your very best, but you always get more than you give. And that's certainly been the case with the Mount with the uh with the Knights of Columbus. Um the same is true with we're coming here nine years ago, um, recognizing that much had been done uh to put our schools on a good basis. Um but recognizing that we had and still have tremendous uh, challenges. Um, what I found was that uh, I couldn't afford to be the smartest person in the room. I had to find talent that could uh, assist us. And uh, I turned to Jim Sellinger, who had just retired from really high positions at IBM, but who had a heart for the mission of our schools. And Jim, together with Donna Hargens, who's our terrific superintendent, really put our schools on uh, a new basis. And and you know that, Tim, because I'm so grateful that you serve as a member of our Archdiocesan School Board. And this year, we uh, were able to build a new Catholic elementary school in West Baltimore. And it's absolutely uh, beautiful. That was the work of many, many people. I can only tell you that when you're doing a project like that, it brings you joy. Once again, I learned the value of inner city education from my old mentor, Cardinal Hickey, who worked really hard to save the inner city schools in Washington, and I brought that uh, throughout my ministry. Honestly, um, the gospel says it's in giving that we receive, and um, that's been validated time and again in my ministry. Um, When you get down to it, though, Tim, the thing that makes me happiest is going out to parishes on Sunday, just saying a parish mass, and just being with the people after Mass is over. One of the harder things about COVID is that it was a little harder to do that, at least for a while. It's so great just to go and uh, be a parish priest, which is what I originally um, set out to do.
Yes, sir. And, you know, and as you said, the Lord called you to uh, do other things than what you originally intended, and you've done them so well. And I've had that stealing your words from earlier. I've had a front row seat for five years now watching the wonderful work you've done in so many areas and, and witnessing this, uh, um, uh, the growth and the uh, revitalization of the Archdiocese of, uh, of Baltimore schools, and, and you've led that way. So thank you for doing that. Um, sure, Tim. You mentioned COVID, so I want to shift uh, topics and, and focus on that for a moment. How challenging it ha- has it been for you and the Archdiocese to adapt to uh, COVID-19? And how has it affected, uh, in particular, the Catholic schools in and around Baltimore? Well, thank you. Uh, COVID presented uh, monumental challenges for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, as I think it did to every other diocese. When you face um, an overarching crisis, you suddenly realize how many moving parts you're dealing with on a daily basis. Um, With um, more than 140 worship sites, um, with, um, as you mentioned, uh, all of the schools, Catholic Charities, which is one of the larger ones in the United States. There was a lot uh, to face. The way to face it, though, was what I said before. I I realized I could not be the smartest person in the room. So um, we kind of pooled our talent. Tom Alban, who runs our risk retention group, was the chair. And then we had the senior leadership team. Uh, gather, we met every morning and we reviewed the statistics on COVID uh, in the state of Maryland. We reviewed the regulations in all of the jurisdictions uh, where the archdiocese is. Um, And we began to um, reach decisions. The first decision was to close down for a time, which was hugely painful. Um, The second thing was to figure out, as we began to reopen on a very limited basis, what sort of hygienic safety measures had to be put in place. Um, Our pastors, our teachers, had to adapt to, uh, uh, to a virtual environment. Uh, as you might imagine, the uh, state of technology varied. Some of parishes were right up there. They were already prepared. They had already begun to live stream. They were already doing EFTs. Other ones were sort of worked <laughs> into the 20, 21st century. But I was amazed at the goodness and generosity of everybody. And um, I I met very frequently with pastors and principals on Zoom. Zoom, we don't always like it, but it was really a godsend for us. Um, So I think that that we really pulled together. Um, I would say that the opening was harder than closing because um, sometimes uh, folks would say that we went too fast and some folks thought we went too slow. It's just part of the deal. Um, But 
but I'm very, very proud of the team. I'm very proud of how they navigated uh, through through COVID and all of the challenges that it presented. And I think it changed us permanently. Um, I think that we're, technology will always figure in a lot more than it did pre-COVID. As far as our schools go, um, our teachers were heroes. They came back to the classroom last August. They were doing a hybrid model of uh, virtual and in-person. It had to be exhausting. I know it was exhausting for them, but they did great. I don't think we, we had cases of COVID, but I don't think there was classroom transmission, but rather sort of like parent to uh, to son and daughter transmission more outside the classroom that was uh, on occasion brought into the classroom, but all quite manageable. And uh, the result of this, of their great performance this year is that applications and, um, and, and visits were at an all-time high, and we will probably be up 1,000 students this coming year. So uh, I can't say, I just can't get done saying how proud I am of, of our teachers and our educational leaders. Yeah, so 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 am I uh, at the Mount, but uh, and and also with our Catholic schools, they've done an uh, incredible job. And I and I know that that overseeing so many schools and parishes requires a lot of attention uh, from you. What's been the biggest adjustment for you personally? Well, I think the biggest uh, adjustment for me was dealing with the unknown. Um, it, it, and, and, and I think, I think it called for, uh, a lot of nimbleness on the part of, of myself as a leader. Uh, it required, uh, an ability, um, to do course corrections at times. Um, and it required an ability also to say at a certain point, you know, it's time for us to move ahead here. It's time for us to put down another marker of progress. Um, so in a way, it, it's sort of like, if to use an analogy you might be familiar with, it's like going from peacetime to wartime. And um, the kinds of decisions you have to make when you're in a kind of a life and death struggle, it, it does evoke leadership skills that perhaps um, lie dormant and perhaps one of the lessons coming out of this for me is whatever those skills are, they should not lie dormant going forward. Oh, that's for sure. Definitely a crisis management uh, uh, situation uh, we all face. Um, let's take a final break, and we'll be right back to wrap up this edition of Live Significantly. We know that you have many options when it comes to giving, so why not choose your mountain home? From enhancing academic offerings to athletic programming, your support ensures that our students continue to lead lives of significance. To make your gift, visit msmary.edu today. 
Welcome back, everyone. At the Mount, we took certain measures to ensure the safety of our students. We tested the wastewater, as well as testing students and athletes for the virus. We were able to successfully contact, trace, and properly quarantine any six students to our isolation beds. COVID-19 has been a very challenging time. Archbishop, could you share with us how you are leading the Archdiocese in Baltimore throughout, throughout this, through this pandemic? I know you've touched on some of this already. Well, I have. I, I think that uh, the one thing I would like to add to what I said previously is that um, um, the role of being, if, if you will, encourager in chief has sort of emerged because uh, so many people were going through a hard time that in, in ways that were not visible. And so um, uh, people who were stuck in their homes suddenly uh, with their families 24-7, togetherness is good, but as they say, all things in moderation. Uh, and people were really going through mental health crises and various forms of deprivation, losing their jobs in danger of eviction. Uh, and for the poor, of which there are many in the archdiocese, uh, COVID was uh, even a, a worse experience. And so I found uh, myself um, um, encouraging all of our pastors to reach out to parishioners uh, to find out what their needs actually were. And uh, I suggested that it'd be something as simple as simple as a uh, phone tree. And the questions be as simple as, how are you? What, what do you need? How can we help? Um, and also the all-important question, what would you like to tell us? What could we be doing better? And I said, you got to call the people who come to Mass on Sunday, the people who don't come to Mass on Sunday, and the people you think um, moved away or, you know, uh, will never have anything to do with the church again. I said, you might get an earful, but the outreach is so very important. And, and one of the things we see the need to do and are doing post-COVID, is, if, if indeed this is post-COVID, is to tend to these long-term mental health needs. So I put together a task force led by Mary Ellen Russell. Uh, and with the aid of, um, of mental health professionals uh, to help our pastors and our parishes and our schools to be able to recognize these needs, to, pe to put people in touch with the um, kinds of services that they need to encourage them spiritually, um, and of course, to invite people back to church. And we are seeing a lot of people coming back to church. In fact, it's been very, very uh, encouraging, the reports I'm getting from our, our parishes thus far. So I, I think that, uh, that um, it, it offering people the sort of encouragement that's backed up 
with concrete help has been one of the things that has always there, but it really uh, came to the fore and even more so right now as we're emerging from the pandemic. So uh, I I love your line of encourager-in-chief, and I may use that archbishop. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I same experience in terms of um, having a talk of hope and, and telling people, um, uh, suggesting people not to lose hope, particularly during the earlier days of the pandemic. So, and you did that so well with your team. And, um, um, as our last question, do you have any final or additional words of wisdom you'd like to share with our audience? Well, I would, Tim. And first of all, I, I'd like to thank you for your leadership of the Mount during these past five plus years and uh, thank you for the um, wise and loving way you have and are leading the whole Mount community, the university and the seminary. Um, it's, uh, I've had a front row seat of your leadership and I can say uh, as Archbishop and also as a member of the board, um, how grateful we are uh, for uh, not only the stability you've brought, but also for forging a path into the future. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, thank you sir. Also like to express my uh, my great support for Mountain for the Seminary, and that's not just because I chair the board. I, uh, we're blessed with uh, almost 60 seminarians in the archdiocese. I send a good number of them to Mount St. Mary's Seminary and have great confidence in the formation that, that they receive. So, uh, again, uh, kudos. And, and who knows, we might win that championship this year, do you think, in, in basketball? What do you think? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> We're going to go, go for it. <laughs> I, I would just like to say that um, the, the motto of the Mount is Spes Nostra. And it's a reference to Our Lady, Our Lady of Hope, Our Lady who embodies the hopes and dreams, not only of all of Israel, but of every Christian generation that that has been and ever will be. And uh, at the Mount, um, the the warm and loving devotion to our Blessed Mother. That, that I learned so well, that has fueled in, in me the theological virtue of hope. It's not just optimism that it's going to be better tomorrow, but rather a genuine hope that God is with us, that God is leading us, uh, and that God accompanies us on the way uh, through his son Jesus and the power of the Spirit. And uh, that, to me, is uh, the mainspring of my ministry. And uh, that is so important. It's so important uh, to learn that kind of hope at the feet of the Blessed Mother. And the Mount is the very perfect place uh, to do that. So I just want to say a warm word of thanks uh, to you, Tim, uh, to the whole Mount community, and uh, also to my fellow alums, wherever you may be. 
Thank you, sir. This has been inspiring for me and motivating for me, and I'm sure for all of our listeners. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. Archbishop Lurie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today about how you live a life of significance through hard work, dedication, and leadership. Be sure to visit the Mount's website at msmary.edu slash podcast to learn more about how others are living a life of significance. Thank you again, sir, and go Mount. Go Mount. (laughs) 